0: you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by John Shukurov. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm super excited for today's conversation. You're the first Uzbek on my podcast. Uh, so I'm super, super excited to have a good chat with you. and Yeah, see what we can learn from you.
1: Terrific. Sounds good. And an uh,
0: interesting fact, the Uzbekistan
1: is unfortunately is not considered as a minority country in by the US standards. So the, for some reason, US maps are still outdated and they think we're Russians from the Soviet Union per se. And whenever, when, when we were, we, one of our entities have minority business enterprise certification, which helps you to lead, to gain some government contract. And we, when we were at the interview with the officers, we asked them, is Uzbekistan considered as a minority country? And they're like, nope. And then I go to them. I'm like, okay, how many business Uzbek, business owners from Uzbekistan have you seen in your life? And they said, you're the first one. And I'm like, Really, we're not a minority. Well, I mean, it's a little
0: deviation from the. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, just before we kick off, uh, it would be great if you could give us all a little bit of background into who you are and how you ended up and where you are right now and so on. Well, yeah, uh, with your
1: permission, I'll take you back to the year of 2005 when I was a student and pursuing the, the whole American dream, which was. Delivered via Hollywood, I've decided to come to America, but little did I know what was awaiting for me back then. So we were placed in a single trailer with 12 of us, literally was poorly ventilated trailer where we only had like one black and white TV and a burgundy phone on top of this little coffee table. And I, I still remember calling my mom over the phone back then there was no Zoom or video conferencing, and I was calling her, and she's like, how is the country, my my son, right? And she'd go excited. I'm like, mom, the roads are so wide, and there are no potholes. Every single light pole works. But I couldn't tell her that I feel like I'm being in captive in this country, which is the leader in the whole world. And I was kept as a captive because, and and I kind of compare it to slave-like conditions, Unfortunately, because I never got paid for this, we were picked up, we were dropped off. And when I called my cousin who I only knew had seen once in, my, in, in Uzbekistan years ago, I didn't know how he would react. And I would call him, I'm like, hey, like, what, how, how can I get out from this? He's like, here's, here's your flight ticket, here's how you're gonna come. And when I told this to those employers who brought us back then, they said that I would be deported and uh, sent back home, and et cetera. So, well, that was unfortunately an experience, a beginning experience for me here
0: in the states. That sounds not so fun. That sounds not so fun. But uh, I, I guess all difficult times kind of lead; it forces you to, yeah, step up. I guess.
1: Yes, you are so correct, right? What, what, whatever happened to us in the past is brought us to this moment, and and I'm super thrilled and honored
0: to be here on your podcast fantastic fantastic so tell me a little bit about your business what, what, what's the business you have right now and so I've got your...
1: several businesses the the entity count is is I, I some somewhat go <laughs> go confused a little bit but in, in that year in 2005 when I arrived I got to I, I moved to Maryland and my cousin with with the help of my cousin I start cleaning bathrooms literally every night in Safeway and then work as a stoker and and as a server. And that led me to figure out, I was surprised. I'm like, hey, in America, I, I studied back home English philosophy and English language. And when I got to this country, I'm like, hey, even little people here speak English better than me. So I had to re-qualify myself. So where I'm going with this is I re-qualified myself how to clean the toilets and how to clean the floors very well. And eventually that led me to start my janitorial company in 2009, which is called Interworld Cleaning. And about two years ago, we hit over a million in sales in Interworld Cleaning. But along the way in 2009, and then in 2005, my partner and I started fixed construction, a home improvement company. And then in 2007, we've started a real estate investment company, which is called Pruse. And Prus stands for PR for Puerto Rico and UZ for Uzbekistan. And now my partners and I are working on an excited cleaning tech startup. It's a marketplace which connects cleaners with those that are looking for the cleaning services in Uber-like fashion. And that is my passion project. And on top, I've got a book that is coming up. It's called The Immigrant's Companion, Making Your American Dream a Reality. Awesome.
0: Awesome. So tell me, I mean, starting, starting from that point of view is obviously difficult, but uh, what, what's some of the key management lessons you have learned along the way? So as, as many, the, luckily, cleaning
1: is, is such a great industry to start. Which means your overhead expenses are minimum to none. Because you just go, you open your closet, you take your vacuum cleaner from a closet, you just have to have a desire to, to work, right? And we all know how to clean throughout our years of just cleaning for ourselves, which is which is beautiful. Residential cleaning market is the easiest to tap in. And that's that was one of the reasons why I've picked the cleaning to start. As we grow, the the challenges as business owners, most of us start facing as we grow is the time limitations, right? So we now try to clean by and try to clean ourselves at the same time try to do collections, try to sales, try to market, and et cetera. So one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn is how to a part with my money and to pay for someone else to do that, I don't want to do quite frankly, or start delegating and hiring the right people. Um, there were so many experiences, which, uh, and, and some are unpleasant, right? E- even, even involving the, the courts and litigation systems. But o- over the years, you go through them, and then you learn how to get better and better.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what were some of the key things you learned around hiring? Like, what, what was the mistakes you did in the beginning? So in the beginning, uh, I, I, and, and I actually, to, to my office
1: manager, Christina, I talk about it. In the beginning, I think we all try to save, right? We, we're cheap. And then so technically, you try to do everything yourself. And then when, you, when there's a time to hire a right person, we first interview the right people. And then usually your guts can say, hey, this person is better, but this person is asking more. But then this person seems to be OK, and I can save a little bit for basically not doing the due diligence properly and or trying to save not each person each person has what they worth for right the better the people in general the rates are a little higher but in in return you will get a peace of mind and a better work ethic so not doing the due diligence trying to save trying to cut corners in the beginning were were bigger mistakes that eventually did end up costing me a lot
0: more in the end yeah yeah that makes sense i i think we've all been there i mean it's 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 uh yeah it's easy to try and sp- save your way to to uh, to a big company but it's it's difficult in the longer run right
1: yes it costs more
0: unfortunately what about delegation? I mean, I, th- I think when I look at delegation, it's probably the number one thing that most of my customers struggle with the most in terms of, uh, from my experience, it's mostly mindset, right? But I'm curious from your point of view, like what, what, what did you learn around delegation and what was sort of the, the core mistakes you felt you made?
1: Yes, delegation is huge. Um, thanks for asking the question. In learning how to delegate without being bossy, without being too controlling, is also a skill. And to know, it it has to come to a realization that you don't really have to do everything yourself. And you you also need to understand that you can't do everything yourself. It's just impossible. To grow as a company, as a unit, or to to go towards one goal, more people need to be involved. And the reason I'm able to take a phone call and or participate in podcasts and or pursue My passion with writing a book currently without worrying how to pay my bills is because of the delegating skills. With delegation, first, we need to learn how to get out of our comfort zone when you ask someone. But at the same time, we need to learn how to trust the person's judgment that they will deliver. And if it's not done to your liking, instead of literally overriding the person, ask the how questions. Why can we do this better? Has this, have you thought about this? So kind of like incentivize them to learn and adapt to your expectations. And, and, and it's big. It, it's it's kind of like a subtle art of walking a fine line where you don't want to, you want to give away as much control as you can while getting the results
0: that you're hoping for. Yes, I, I totally agree. One, one of the things I always talk about is the adding the 1% value. So very often, you know, when employees have, a, have an idea or, or when they've done a piece of job or something and, and the business owners are often so eager to like, oh, no, you shouldn't do it like this, but you could do it like this, like that. They're, they're so eager to like correct or they're so eager to, to tell people what to do that they often take the joy and they, they take the excitement out of it for people because reality is a lot of the time the drive for most people is them coming up with ideas. It's them seeing things to fruition and, and really them making things happen, right? Just like it is for you and me. So, so a lot of the time learning not to add that 1%, not to, you know, if someone's doing something and it's done well, like just because you would have done it slightly different doesn't mean you have to tell people to do it that way if the result is the one you were after.
1: Right. Yes. And sometimes you'll be surprised. Sometimes the result can be if you give them enough freedom, the result, the sense of ownership, right? Is, is when they develop a sense of ownership, they look at a business as it's their own. I actually had in the challenging times, a managers of my company had approached me and said, we can actually take a pay cut if need be. And I'm like, no, we don't have to. But the reason they they offered this is because they took the business as their own, right? The, the sense of ownership is huge. So, but that comes with the freedom as well. And statistically, more people quit because they don't feel that
0: their their role is, they're being fulfilled in their role. Yeah, totally. And that's actually... Another great point. So one of the key things for me is always attrition, right? One of the key things is if you're constantly seeing people leaving your company, um, a lot of the time it's easy to blame people, but if you typically see the same things happen again and again, it's probably more to do with you than maybe the people around And it's, sometimes it's difficult to look in what sometimes, but I I think for many of the business owners I've worked with over the years, it's like, sometimes you need to get to the realization that it's not just everyone else that suck. Sometimes uh, you need to up your game as well. And that's, that can be a really hard realization. But again, it's, it's what makes a difference, right? Because if you, if like most, most managers and most business owners, they're, they're thinking they're doing things right because they're doing the best they know how to. Like no one does a bad job on purpose, right? But a lot of the time, like management, like anything else, it's a skill to develop. And it's not just something you're good at. Like you need to practice, you need to grow and you need to develop,
1: right? totally agree. Yes, absolutely.
0: How, how did you go about learning management? Like did that, yeah, all, all the difficult traps or... Did you have some some good people to look up to or how did you go around learning that?
1: My last employer, 2009 to 2020, 2019. I no 2009, sorry. And go back. And now now we're thinking in decades. When when you're younger, you think about one year, two years. Now you're like, oh, it was fresh, like decade ago. <laughs> so um, Yes, my last employers, Kirsten Brecht and Joey Yaffe, and I'm so good friends with them. They taught me a lot. Um, if you can think about a, a, a guy who came from Uzbekistan, who had no clue about internet, the internet was back then was dial up and extremely slow, right? That's how you can, you can probably still recall it. And I had no clue what were this, what Microsoft offices, and I, I kind of knew Bill Gates was the richest person on planet, but that was the limit. So, um, and, and I studied English back then, but not the business, not not the how to run the business. And I was fortunate and lucky I, I did come across the right people. And I'm still good friends with them. And I, and I, and I really treasure the relationship we've built and are able to uphold since the year. So they taught me how to, the basics of the business. Basically, I, I was an office manager. So, and that is one of the greatest positions that I can recommend to anyone who's trying to start on their own, but don't know where. So you can either become get a mentor, right? Or you can become a part of a franchisee, like become a franchisee of a franchise franchisor and learn from them. Or if neither one is good, go get an office manager position on a smaller company where you will know how they sell, market, manage people, accounting, credit, debit, all those basics. I was just fortunate enough to, to, to come across the right people Throughout
0: my career. Yep. Yeah. I've also I've also been in luck. A, a lot of the time you search the luck yourself, right? As well. But uh, but I've also been extremely lucky in my life, meeting lots of amazing people. And I think funda- fundamentally, if you have the right drive, and I, I always tell people this, like a lot of the time, people are like, oh, you know, why do you always help people and so on? Like uh, I think most people in life, when you, when they see others in a position they used to be in they're eager to help, right? Like everyone wanna give back. Now, the problem is when, you know, if people are asking for help, but it's obviously they don't care or whatever, then it's very different, right? But if people really want to, if they're actually really eager to learn, to grow and so on, then my experience is there's a ton of people around. Like, I mean, obviously, if you go and ask Elon Musk, I'm sure you haven't got the time, but there are lots of smart business people around wherever you live that are generally happy to help eager people, um, either as a mentor or a coach or something. And I've always like, I, I think I've never actually had a no asking someone to be my mentor uh, at any part in life. So I've always been extremely lucky having great mentors. And and I think a lot of it just comes down to taking the initiative and asking the question because reality is most people don't.
1: Yes, yes, most so. people don't like to ask the question and just going outside of your comfort zone. And, and as they say, the true life begins outside of your comfort zone. So just go out, step out and ask the question and more will say yes than no. It's paying forward, right? Yeah. So Because we all at some point learn something and when, when a person is willing to learn and listen, you can notice and then you'll gladly share as much as you can
0: yeah. in general. And that's, uh, I think also that's a, that's a big thing. Like also successful people also understand the value of network, right? They understand the value of, of it's not just about them. It's not just help me, help me do something for me, but they understand the value of having good people around you. And I mean, I have many people that have helped either start their career or, you know, I have friends that I helped start businesses 10 years ago that have sold a business recently. And it, you know, that like, the future is not just tomorrow the future's a long 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 far away for for many people at least right so right. at least like when you when you think far ahead when you think into the future and not just think about yourself and your own situation, then my experience is you, you yeah you always get positive uh, feedback from people I agree cool what what's what's some of the best things that happened to you then so we we talked a little bit about mistakes and so on what's some of the sort of lucky breaks you've had or what's some of the things that you know where you've been extremely fortunate with your circumstances
1: i think uh, things things start changing for you when when you start changing as you said right the the moment you become honest and open-minded you start attracting people that are honest and open-minded so the the start the change starts from you. And there, there are a couple of things that the biggest fear for an employee to move into an employer position to become a business owner is how am I going to meet my financial obligations? There were a point when I had like another epiphany moment that I'm like, uh, several years after, you go through the struggles. I mean, there were days and nights when I was literally like crying darkest night in the coldest night in the Baltimore in the basement, which was humid. And I was like face to face with my checking account online. And I was terrified. But then you, you go through to just be resourceful and creative and ask for help whenever needed. When you go through all of those challenges, at some point, you realize that working for yourself is the greatest thing you can actually do. This allows you to expand your potential and it's more safer and secure than working for someone else. Even if you work for yourself and you end up bankrupt, let's say, right, you will learn from this experience, but then you're getting bankrupt, let's say, or closed off your company because of your mistakes, not someone, some some manager in a different state took the wrong shots. So at some point, and then if you are that case, right? Then, then you will adapt, you know your mistakes as Yuri Levine, the gentleman who sold wise to Google for $1.x billion says, Makes, make your mistakes. And then he puts fast and underlines it. So the, just don't be afraid of, of mistakes. And once you're out of your comfort zone and then you know that you are your company is more stable because of your hard work and no one will pay you as much anyways, as, as you think you're worth, then you get out of that comfort zone and then you will, you're more safer and, and secure in your position. So that was one of the breakthroughs. Another breakthrough was probably when my ex-wife left me and took the kids with her. And that was basically a moment when I noticed that I stopped working for myself. So at some point in my life, I had almost paid off house, two car garage, two adorable girls, a business, a wife. And I think I became ignorant to some point and I stopped working on myself. I stopped working on a family and that costed me a lot. And and the whole thing to go over that, to go through it, took a lot of uh, self-work, mindset changes, and I changed the circle of friends and and how I think a lot of those things changed. But at some point I became oblivious and I was thinking I'm the smartest, I'm the most successful person, right. And start working on myself and, or those that were around me. So just, you know, whenever, if, if success gets you or when it finds you, just
0: don't make sure your, your, your feet stays grounded to the earth. Yeah, I think that I mean I, again, I was lucky to have some great people around me when I was. I, I call it growing up; it wasn't really growing up, but when I was growing up in business, at least, I was, I was lucky enough to have great people around me that was talking about the same. And and I think, obviously, for some people, money is a huge driver. But I I think fundamentally, learning to understand that money is a tool and it's a resource, but it's not a. It's not necessarily a cause for happiness, right? And it's so easy for people who don't have it to think so. But as someone that have studied happiness quite a bit, I can tell you that, that money and happiness is often not linked and, and often actually even the reverse in the sense of, like if you look at older people who have won the you know, millionaire lottery or something like that and suddenly go from having not a ton to being extremely rich, um, like looking at their unhappiness develop after them winning the lottery, that is very, very interesting. And that is not what most people expect. And it's interesting to see that people walk around hoping they win the lottery, but those who do actually end up significantly more unhappy, or many of them end up significantly more unhappy, which is very, uh, <laughs> very unexpected for most people, at least. So,
1: well, happiness is within, right? You create it inside. So it's not like, let me buy a bigger TV, let me buy a bigger house, let me buy, so you don't get the happiness from outside sources. If you're not fulfilled inside, then you just won't be happy. Tony Robbins was saying in one of his podcasts, he's like, hey, when I went to India, I paid attention to these people who are poor, right? The ones that live outside. But they, they look at you and they smile and they're happy and you can see a happiness in their eyes and he was comparing it to an American society which is predominantly we try to take the ha- we try to get happy from things that are outside or putting the happiness on someone else right if I only had this I would be happier if I only had this person I would be happier if I only had this item I would be happier but then you'd notice that let's say you get that bigger tv not 42 inch now you got your 60 inch A week from now, (laughs) you're still in the same place. Maybe you will get that temporary burst of that happiness. But yes, unless you, you learn, what they say is a gratitude, what makes what we have, it turns what we have into enough. So it's the practice of gratitude that will make you, although having said that, you still need to make sure that your bills are paid, especially when you live in a country such as America because bills never end. But there is a way to balance. Um, I'm still learning it. Um, I can't tell that I'm really good at it, but I'm in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like it. And I, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's, I find it often sad when I see people who are, their whole life is just depending on more, more, more. I need, I need, I need. And it's like, I find it sad that one i know they're not going to be happy even when they have it and that's probably the worst piece like if they were actually going to be happy when they had whatever they were dreaming about that that would be one thing right but when you actually know that even when they get what they're wanting they're not going to be happy that actually makes me quite sad sometimes um because i generally want people the best so yeah interesting well john Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Just before you go, any sort of resources or anything that you recommend for people who want to learn more about management or business?
1: Mostly the depending upon where you're at, right? Um, so it, it depends where the person is in their life cycle and the, the mindset wise. The very first thing is the, the stuff that is free. YouTube. is is a huge resource and and none of us had this much access to knowledge at no cost 20 years from now. I mean, 20 years before, right? Now we have so much access to knowledge. It's insane. So just to come up with an excuse that you don't know, it's, it's just kind of like takes it off. So tap into YouTube, uh, get as much information as you can. I would start from preparing your mindset or and or maybe possibly setting up morning rituals. So when, when you have, Dave Allen has a two minute rule, which says if a task takes two minutes or less, do it now, because if you procrastinate it, you will spend more time, more energy. You might forget, you might not be in that circumstance. So take that as a learning curve. Like every morning, just wake up and say, before I drink my first cup of coffee and start my day, perhaps I will Google or YouTube or read a book. So literally just start an action, right? Pick a book, open the first page, just say you're gonna read the first page. The most likely you're gonna read five or 10 and make a habit. Same thing goes for YouTube. Look up any any person who will give you inspiration and start searching them. And most likely they are sharing wealth of knowledge. If you pass that stage and your mindset is strong and you know how to start the business and or you've already started a business, then network, join the like-minded associations and be present, right? Get out of your comfort zone. And if you're there, then start hiring the right people and delegating your work. So it, it everything depends at what stage of your life you are, but there's always something and or someone who's willing to help you just reach out Positive affirmations, whatever you attract in your life, it, it's, it's who you are. So just become a better version of yourself every single day from now on.
0: Fantastic. John, if people are eager to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do so? It's my website, Asuro John Shukurov, A S R O R G O N, last name Shukurov, S H U K U R O V dot com. Awesome. I'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. Thank you again very much for joining me today. That was a super fun conversation and awesome to meet you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.